Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another Blessed Winds Bible Message Podcast. Fantastic two weeks. Thank you all for listening. I know the Lord's been working in my life this last week. How has the Lord been working in your life the last two weeks? What miracles have you seen? I've seen quite a few. It's been an amazing two weeks. So just this last two weeks, my wife and I were doing some yard work. I had a revelation. And the revelation I had was everything that I was looking at, everything that I was seeing, everything came from God. Everything. Every bit of it. There isn't a single thing that I could say, that was me. That was all God. God created everything, and then God made it all available for me to use. And everything that I was seeing, that's what I was looking at. And the reason why I was thinking so strongly this week about it is I started to realize some of these projects that I had been putting aside, why was I putting them aside? I'm not taking care of what God has given me. So I want to start today with just a simple truth. Everything we have, everything we need is supplied by God. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's. And everything in it, the world, and all who live in it. That's all of us. There, there's nobody escaping this. The earth is all God's. There was that first book in the Bible, Genesis, that talks about how God created the heavens and the earth. And the next one was Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ. God's going to supply everything that we have. So those are all those miracles that I was talking about that I started to see. The revelation of all the miracles of everything that I have, everything that I call mine, which isn't mine, it's all God's, I have received through the glory of Christ Jesus. My property, the property that I live on, is God's. It belongs to him. We've dedicated our property back to God. We used a book called From God's Hand to Your Land to do it to, as a guide to help us. What a fantastic book. If you have the opportunity, by all means, take a look at it. So as I was thinking about all the things that we were doing in the yard, all the work that we were doing, and I started taking notice of some other things that needed to be done. I had a thought, and Matthew 6.20 stood out in front of me. Matthew 6.20, But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. The part of that that really stuck in my head is where neither moth nor rust destroys. Because the things I was looking at were, Items that needed to be taken care of have minor work done to them. They needed paint or they needed, you know, a gutter that needed to be reestablished to the house or a downspout that was broken or gutters that needed to be cleaned out so that the water wasn't dripping down on the foundation. All of these little things. And then the thought that had occurred to me was, 
the Lord has blessed me with these treasures. Maybe if I can't take care of them, maybe I need to get rid of some of my treasures. Because what's happening now is I have moths and rust destroying. That's not to say that you should plan on changing your engine on your car if that's outside of your abilities. I'm not saying that. I'm I, Believe me, I hire my share of stuff out. But I'm taking care of the property. Can you care for the things that God has blessed you with? This world lives on the credence that he who dies with the most toys wins. That's of this earth. Satan is of this earth. 1 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message of the glory of Christ, who is in the exact likeness of God. Satan, who is the God of this world. So how many items have I really been blessed with by God? And how many items were things that, because I wanted things of this world? How many things have I obtained because somebody I knew got one? How many items have I obtained because they made me feel good? And I thought a little bit further. Have you ever seen a hearse with a luggage rack? I haven't. We're not taking any of it with us. Everything on this earth is borrowed. Matthew 6.24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Money is of this earth. The love of money. Satan wants you to strive for that money, those material things. One of my favorite books in the Bible is Ecclesiastes. Everything is meaningless. You work, you toil, you do all these things, and then next day you're dust. Everything is meaningless. It ties it all together. Everything is meaningless without God. And we have everything that we have because of God. We are tenants on the earth. Tenants, not owners. Tenants. All of our land, all of our things, they're all staying here when we leave. They've all been created by God. We're only here for a short time. In a while, we're all going to turn to dust. God will provide for all our needs, but nothing's going with us. It's all staying here when we leave. When our spirit leaves to be with God, it all stays here. It means it's on loan. Exodus 22.14 If a man borrows from his neighbor and it is injured or dies while the owner is not with it, he shall make full restitution. It's another verse that I started thinking about. When I borrow something from somebody, if I break it, I fix it before it goes back. Or I make it right in some other way. God has given us all these things. Now, the only way I can really fix things with God and the only way I can make it right with God is by giving him my love and devotion. What I mean by this is, is as I look at my property, if it's falling into disrepair, I need to take care of it. It's God's. Have you ever felt overwhelmed with the work that's around your house? 
ask yourself a couple of questions when you're trying to accomplish. Do you have more things than you know what to do with? I feel like that sometimes. I really feel like that when I'm dusting. Do you struggle to find a place to put things that you bring into your home, new items? Do you find that you misplace items frequently and have to spend valuable energy looking for them? Maybe you have too much stuff. Maybe there's too much stuff there to take care of. Maybe your stuff has become an idol. Money is an idol, and stuff can be an idol as well. Maybe we bring a lot of things into our home that we need to take care of that are just that, things we need to take care of, things that take our eyes off of God. In the parable of the young rich man, a young rich man was asking Jesus how to get into heaven. This is accounted for in several of the Gospels. I'm going to talk about Mark. Mark 10, 17 through 22. And he was setting out on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and father. And he said to him, Teacher, all I have kept from my youth. And Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This whole parable is talking about a person that has money and things as an idol. Money and things were more important to him than following Jesus. All of these things were rolling through my head. He was not willing to give up his worldly possessions to follow Christ. He enjoyed his comforts more than he enjoyed his relationship with Jesus. Okay, so what you're saying is if I got a lot of things, I just need to sell them and I'm in heaven. I get treasures in heaven. No, you have to follow Jesus. We do not get into heaven by our deeds alone. It's our love for Jesus. So I want to make sure that point's clear. We can have faith that we are going to have more than enough to take care of things. Faith is in the power of God not in the money that it takes. God's power is more powerful than the power of stuff and of the earth and of Satan. God's power is what we need to focus on. 1 Timothy 6.17 Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us 
with everything for our enjoyment. So God wants to give us stuff for us to enjoy. He wants to give it to us. It's not money that's given to us. It's God that's given to us. God provides us with everything. But he doesn't really want us to live in excess. Proverbs 25, 16. If you find honey, eat just enough. Too much of it and you will vomit. A couple of verses later, Proverbs 25, 27. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Why have we acquired an overabundance? Is it for our own glory? So whose glory is it that we're seeking when we have a lot of stuff? What are we doing with a lot of stuff? We look at it, it makes us happy. That's good. God did said he'd provide us stuff for our enjoyment. But when we have so much stuff that we're not able to take care of it, our stuff starts being less enjoyable. Remember, we are not living for the treasures of this world. We're living for the treasures in heaven. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world for anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The pride of life. Are we buying things for status? Are we buying things so that when our neighbor looks at us, they develop some covetousness? They want what we have. Have you ever bought something because somebody else had one? And it was a frivolous fun purchase? Frivolous and fun are okay, except when they block from God. God's going to take care of you. God wants to take care of you. Are you buying things to make yourself happy, to fill that void that you can fill with God? My wife and I, when we first got married, had a discussion. And she kept telling me, the Lord will provide. I was working several jobs, many, many hours a week. She was taking care of the kids, and I wasn't close to God. I wanted things. Somebody would get a new truck. I needed to have a new truck. Somebody would go on a vacation. I needed to go on a vacation. I kept looking for something that was missing. And my wife kept saying, the Lord will provide. She had undying faith that everything would work out financially and the stuff we needed, we would have. And it only took it until we moved away from our old house and then me finding God to realize how right she was. That revelation that I had that day was I was looking at all my stuff and how much of it was actually bringing glory to God. And all of my stuff 
how much of it was falling into disrepair because I had too much of it. And I'm not talking about things were falling off, wheels falling off, cars, or anything crazy like that. I'm just talking, I was looking around going, this is God's property. This is God's stuff. And I'm not taking care of it because I got too much of it. Think about the projects you got to do around the house. They can be overwhelming. My wife and I talked about them. All of these things that we were trying to do, we needed to think, what does God really want us to do? But we need to be that good steward of our land. We need to be the good steward of our house. But we can't let those things become idols either. I've watched people take care of their lawns. And I will tell you, taking care of your lawn for some people is a religion. I remember I had one particular neighbor. If a lawnmower started within a two-block radius, he was out mowing his lawn. That's not what I'm talking about. That's caring for your lawn more than you care for God. I'm talking about simply maintaining. Because cleaning, if we don't clean, we invite bugs in. We invite illness. We invite disease. Mowing the lawn. Mowing the lawn serves a purpose. Growing four-foot-tall weeds around our house would be okay. Except we'd be inviting vermin up close to our house, and they would attack the foundations of our house. We'd have mice, we'd have snakes, frogs, you name it, would be trying to get into our house because we're not caring for that immediate area surrounding our house to keep the vermin out. A repair job. It prevents things from falling apart. Sometimes we need to take care of small things before they become big things. And if we keep looking at a small thing and going, oh, I'll get that later. Oh, I'll get that later. Are we taking care of God's things? Proverbs 26, 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. The sluggard will look at a problem and go, it's okay. I'll get it later. It's okay. I'll get it later. It's okay. I'll get it later. And others will walk and go, that's a problem. You need to take care of that right now. Sometimes you don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes you don't understand when you're seeing a problem that that is actually a problem. Ecclesiastes 10.18 Through slothfulness, the roof deteriorates. And the house leaks because of idleness. We have to take care of small problems early. Water coming through a hole in the roof. You're going to develop mold. It's going to cause you later on to have problems. Pray and have faith that God is going to give you what you need to fix those problems. And when you pray for it, pray with authority. Because God is going to give you everything that you need. In Jesus' name. Lord, you said you'd give me everything that I need. Lord, I believe that you are going to supply me with this need. And then believe it. Because it's coming. You will have it. These are things that we are caring for ourselves. But we're honoring God by doing it. In 1 Corinthians 14.40, But everything should be done in a fitting, orderly way. An orderly way means you're keeping everything straight. 
You can find things when you need to find them. You're not going through piles of stuff to get to stuff. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 11. While we were with you, you gave an order. Who doesn't want to work shouldn't be allowed to eat. We hear that some of you are not living disciplined lives. You're not working. So you go around interfering with people's lives. Sitting idle and looking at problems isn't the way to go. We are supposed to be toiling over the land. Ever since Genesis, with the original trespass, with the original eating of the fruit, God said at that point in time, we were supposed to work over the land. So we are supposed to work. And when we don't work, that gives the devil time to work on our hearts and our minds. It gives us the time to look at our neighbors and say, oh, I really want that. And we start coveting. And then we start putting things before God. We open that door to Satan. Slam that door shut on Satan's nose. Staying busy keeps us from being concerned on what other people are doing. And there is a pleasure when the job is completed. I will tell you that in Genesis 1, it is repeated several times that God took some pleasure in his work by simply saying God saw it and it was good. When God created something, he saw it and it was good. He took pleasure in what he was creating. He took time on the seventh day to relax. And we need to make sure that we're developing enough balance in our life that we have that seventh day to relax, to enjoy the toil that we've put into the land. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for your human masters. So as you're working on these things, realize why you're doing it. You're doing it for God. Ecclesiastes 3, 12 and 13. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is a gift from God. This satisfaction we find is a gift from God. Have you thanked God for the things that you have? It all has come from God. Everything has come from God. We need to be thinking of the treasures that we are building up in heaven. We might not have a ton of earthly treasures. Some other people might have a lot more. But we don't know their walk with God. My faith is in the power of God. God will give me everything that I need. Everything is given to us by God. Our land, our house, our cars, our money. We need to take care of it for him. Because we're not taking it with us. Somebody else is going to have it when we are all done. Again, Ecclesiastes talks about the fact that we're just dust. And all of our sweat and our toil, all of the extra things that we do, I might have this extra widget in the end. But none of that matters. It's all meaningless without God. And the last note, the thing that my wife and I decided every day 
we're going to wake up and say, what am I going to get accomplished today for God? What am I going to do today to care for what God has given me? And then two, what have I done to thank him for it? Lord, be with everybody that's listening and grant them their needs in Jesus' name. Thank you all for listening. You guys have a wonderful two weeks. Find the projects that you need to do to take care of. And may God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.